We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Darren Pritchett. 834 is our time. Sportsbeat AM rolls on here on WSBT Radio. And Brian Driscoll is ready to talk Notre Dame football fall training camp storylines with me here on WSBT Radio. Brian, good to catch up with you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Now, let me set up my first question for you. Earlier this hour, in one of my four downs questions, I asked myself this question. The biggest question mark for me at this point of Notre Dame football training camp. And I went this direction. I went with the left side of the offensive line. As you look at your biggest question mark at this point in training camp, where do you go? I think that's a good one. I think there and the secondary are, are still my two biggest questions. Now, I think you know the left side of the line, I think, can end up being a strength. You could argue that two of your three most talented offensive line starters are playing on the left side in Zeke Carell and Blake Fisher, but they're the least proven, uh, least experienced in their new positions. So I think that's a legitimate that's a legitimate concern. That's the biggest one I have on offense. I think the only other one on offense that I have, Darren, is one that we'll, we really can't answer, and it's, it's a little bit of a different question, and that is can the receiver stay healthy? Mm-hmm. But I think you know I think the talent's there for this to be an outstanding group. Defensively, I, I think there's potential for this secondary to be as good, if not better, than it was last year. But it's, you, know, you get to this time of the year, you start getting excited about what could be, but I'm still a show-me guy. And that's a group of guys that I, that I have to show. I think Cam Hart can be a really good player, but he's got to show me he can do it. I think Houston Griffith can be a really steady starter, but he's got to show me he can do it. And and, and that's that's why I think that side of the that's that part of the defense mm-hmm. is still my biggest question mark. Ten ten days, ten practices in. Let me go a step further with the offensive line, Brian. We found out very quickly in training camp that Jared Patterson was going to be the starting center, a guy capable of playing guard and tackle for this football team. But I got the impression from Brian Kelly, future endeavors for Patterson, this is the best for him. And also I think Brian felt like it gave the offensive line the best chance to succeed. Patterson is an outstanding center. Let's throw that aside. 
that decision, what else does that tell you about the state of the offensive line, the other four starting spots? I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if it, if it says anything positive or negative about it because okay. what, what I, but I, what I think my, by keeping him at center, it doesn't necessarily change who the five would have been. I think it just changes mm-hmm. where maybe Zeke Carell would have lined up. I mean, if we were to have a conversation before the spring, I think things would have looked a lot different because there was the talk of potentially putting Jared Patterson a left tackle. But then the conversation ended as far as him being a tackle once Blake Fisher stepped up and said, hey, you know, I'm probably the most physically gifted lineman on the team and I'm, I'm ready to play right now. Then it became, okay, is he going to play guard or center? Well, Zeke Carell was going to be the center. And and so now it's the same five. It's it's Now it's about, okay, Zeke Carell has to learn a new position, a position he hasn't played since high school. But it's still the same five. And, and, and that was the, you know, I think what it came down to was, are you really willing to take the chance of moving your stud away from center? I, I would have liked to have seen that still. But I understand why they didn't because it's the certainty of Jarrett Patterson right up the middle is a very intriguing, enticing thing, and it's a, it's a stabilizing factor in this. And I think that ultimately is what won the day because I don't know if I buy the whole "it's best for his future." Okay, because I think what was best for his future was him showing he could be a legitimate starter and an impact player at a second position. Meaning, like if you're if he's just pigeonholed as a center, any team with a proven center is not going to look at him in the draft. Yet, or at least they may be hesitant to look at him. If he went out and let's say started at left tackle and was every bit as good at left tackle as he was at center, you know he's now on some teams' boards at some different spots. And so I don't necessarily agree with that, but I don't think that ultimately matters because it was nice of Coach Kelly to say. But at the end of the day, Brian Kelly's number one objective is to figure out how to make this football team capable of winning the most football games. And if he deemed Jared Patterson being center. Being a center as the as as being a, you know the the the, the factor that could be a part of that, then then he should have kept him at center. So uh, I don't criticize the move. I just I don't think that I just don't agree with that mm. assessment. Brian Driscoll is the publisher of IrishBreakdown.com. Joining me, Darren Pritchett on Sportsbeat AM on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. As a former quarterback and offensive coach, did you like the timing of naming Jack Cohn the starting quarterback last Friday? Absolutely. And, and you know, Coach Reese talked about this in his press conference the other day. He said, you know, they wanted to give the other court, the, the, whoever the starter was, and I like how they kind of like, well, we weren't sure who it was going to be. Yes, you did, uh, but they <laughs> they wanted to give the extra quarter the, the quarterback an extra week to prepare. And, and I'm a I'm a big fan of that as long as that quarterback has established himself. And I and if Jack Cohn hadn't seized hold of the starting job, and if it wasn't clear that he was the number one guy, I don't think they would have made the decision as early as they did because they announced it on you know what was it Saturday. But Kelly was hinting out about mm. after the first practice. <laughs> he was hinting about how they were going to name their starter in a week. If there was any doubt that it was going to be Jack Cohn, Brian Kelly's not talking about that. And we've seen that in the past. So I think it speaks volumes about how well Jack Cohn performed in the spring and summer uh, that they kind of knew, like, I don't see anyone beating him out. He's going to be the guy. And I, and I think that's a good sign for Notre Dame because from what my sources have told me, 
This wasn't about Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine not performing well. It was that Jack Cohn was just that much further ahead of everyone else, which is a very good sign. Hypothetically speaking, is there any chance that Drew Pine is the number two quarterback on this football team, but Tyler Buckner from time to time might have a package for a game and would be the second quarterback into the game? Yes, yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's definitely a possibility for that. I, look, do I think it's possible that Tyler Buckner can go out and just flat out win the second quarterback job? Absolutely. Could I see a scenario in which Tyler Buckner's going to play every Saturday as part of some package, maybe similar to what we saw from Ian Book in 2018, or you know, maybe similar to what we saw from Tim Tebow in 2006? Something we don't see often. But hey, look, this kid's too athletic and too dynamic not to find a role for. He's going to play. He's going to help us, but. If something were to happen to Jack Cohn and and you needed a new a starter, that it would be Drew Pine and not Tyler Buckner, and then Tyler Buckner would maintain the role that he has. I could certainly see that, especially in the first half of the season, uh, where where Tyler Buckner technically is the third quarterback, but he's the second quarterback in a game because of that package. But if you needed a a more long term solution, it would be Drew Pine. Hmm. Brian Driscoll, publisher of irisbreakdown.com, talking Notre Dame football fall camp on Sportsbeat AM on WSBT Radio. A lot of moving parts, Brian, on the defensive side of the football, in particular at the linebacker positions. You see guys moving all over the place. Drew White might be the one guy. He plays the mic. Everybody else is being tried out at different positions. Is there a linebacker or two that you believe have helped themselves the most so far in fall camp? Yeah, Maris Lofau, from from everything I've been told from sources, is just having a phenomenal camp, which is important for him. He and it started this summer. You know, we put an intel feature on our on our premium message board at irishbreakdown.com where right before camp I had been told by some sources that boy, he had a great summer. And that was important be, too, because he he did not have a great spring from what I'm told. And and just sort of the light went on this summer and then into fall camp where you know, when you watch Maris in the past, he's a really athletic kid. I mean, really athletic. He was a cornerback early in his high school career, and then he outgrew that position. So it just tells you the, the kind of athleticism that, that he brings to the table. The problem was the athleticism wasn't always geared in the right direction, you know, and, and assignment correctness wasn't always his strong suit. So he would be going really fast, but, you know, not where he's supposed to go, and that, that can hurt the defense. But as he's gotten older and now that he's got some experience and the light kind of went on, it's it's he's playing fast, but now he's playing fast with greater purpose, with greater sense of, okay, this is my role within the defense. Now let me go play 100 miles an hour. And, you know, I think him really pushing himself into a, a, a role where he's going to be playing a lot of football, if not starting, I think is good for the defense because it, it gives them even more speed than what they had. And I think, Darren, that's the one thing about this defense that, that – I think a lot of outsiders, and really you could say this about the entire football team, I think the one thing that people outside the program, and I'm not talking about you know you and I outside the program or, or you know Eric Hansen or anybody like I'm talking like outside the, the, the sphere of Notre Dame, so like national entities, people that don't cover Notre Dame on a daily day, day-to-day basis, I don't think they realize how fast and athletic this team is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you've got a guy like Shane Simon, who's a former top 100 recruit, who's battling just to be on the second team after starting, you know, all but one game last year for a playoff team, speaks volumes to the depth that you have. But this team 
has a lot of guys can flat out run. And Drew White is a very underrated athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Kaiser is a very underrated athlete. And Marist, I, I would say, is the most athletic of them all. And so if he can really seize hold of that starting job and really play with discipline as well as the, the athleticism, you've got a group of linebackers now that can really, really fly. Brian, every year when the media gets the chance to watch practice, there's always a couple of guys that stand out. They seem to perform at their best right in front of the media, and maybe we get the wrong impression of their role on the football team. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, the last couple of years in particular, maybe on Thursday, JT Bertrand really stood out from my standpoint, and I think some other media members agreed as well. Brian Kelly spoke highly of Bertrand last year and again this year. We know he's going to be a contributor on special teams. I think you have him as a backup Mike linebacker who spent a little time at will when we watch practice on Thursday. What do you believe are the strengths of Bertrand? What can Marcus Freeman use from Bertrand's game to help this defense? And do you think what we saw on Thursday is the way he's trending right now as a linebacker for this football team? I do. Uh, you know, w- whenever I talk to someone that's seen him at practice, whenever I talk to sources close to the program, the thing that they just say is, you know, what makes him so good? And and no one can put a finger on it. They're just he's always around the ball. Okay, but what trader? He's just around the ball. Okay, but can he? Look, he's just around the ball. Like, and that isn't that kind of like priority number one of a linebacker, right? Like, be be around the ball. You know, make plays on the ball. And and JD does that. He's another guy that I look at and I say, you know, he just. He's a very underrated athlete. You know, obviously comes from an athletic family. His brother, his older brother, is, was you know Notre Dame's ace, ace starting pitcher this year for the baseball team, and he's just a, he's a really athletic player. But like he's a lot like Drew White in that he's very smart, he's very heady, he's very instinctive, but also like Drew White, he can really run. And and I think what happens with guys like Drew White and J.D. Bertrand is they look a lot like Joe Schmidt. Like physically, they look like Joe Schmidt. You know, similar size, similar height, and similar other attributes. And the, and they weren't highly ranked recruits, so they kind of get pigeonholed into this, um, you know. Oh well, you know, they're just really smart kind of category. And people mistake the fact that yeah, they're really smart, but they these guys are really athletic too. And I think that's another aspect of JD is. It's not like Shane Simon is head and shoulders more at, better than him athletically, and, and J.D.'s just really smart. You know, I, I think they're both really smart. I think they're both really athletic. J.D.'s just making a lot more plays, and Shane is still not making plays at the level that you need from that position to really seize hold of it. But, you know, Shane's going to keep battling and, and keep pushing to try to get on the field. But, you know, J.D. just gives them another option of a versatile guy that can play Mike, can play Will, but he just is around the football, and you got to have linebackers that are around the football. Brian, finally, you touched on the secondary a couple of moments ago. You've been high on Cam Hart for a couple of years, talking about him here on WSBT Radio. Probably the boundary corner, Clarence Lewis, the freshman, the leading candidate on the other side. What are you looking for from a coaching standpoint in deciding on who should be your nickel corner? Because sometimes you see guys move from their normal corner spots and move over to that nickel spot. So what exactly are you looking for, and do you see a leading candidate to have that job early in the year? I think it's going to be Tariq Bracey. Now, I think as far as, as who plays where and who does what, I think that's going to depend, Darren, on, on who they're playing. 
and, and how the matchup is. You know, so you may say, okay, look, you're going to have Clarence Lewis and Cam Hart on the outside, and when you go nickel, you put Tariq Bracey in the game, and he's in the slot, and that works out pretty good. And I think that works out well against USC, and I think it works well against against uh, North Carolina. But you you get into a game, and you know I'm not sure who that's going to be because other teams are still trying to figure out who their players are. But you know, for example, Notre Dame recently got a commitment from C.J. Williams in the 2022 class. He's a six foot two, 195 pound receiver, real strong, real good route runner. Well, Notre Dame's talking about how uh, how he he may play a lot of slot for them. Well, if Notre Dame gets into matchups where they've got a bigger slot receiver, like Notre Dame had with Chase Claypool in 2017, or a team that maybe uses their tight end a lot in the slot, like Oklahoma, for example. And you may say, hey, you know what? We don't really want to have Tariq Bracey in that matchup. We'd rather have Clarence in that matchup. And so you can you can have somewhat interchangeableness as you prepare for those teams. But just in theory, just in without specific context of who they're going to play, I think Tariq, Tariq Bracey is going to be that guy. And I, and I think that you want to have some flexibility in which maybe you can put Clarence Lewis inside in, in a matchup where maybe it's a bigger player or – you know, maybe a younger player like a like a Philip Riley or a Ryan Barnes or um, a Ramon Henderson, a bigger player, uh, can can also be part of that nickel package if the particular matchup mm-hmm. that of the opponent you're playing requires a little bit maybe more length or size to be able to match up against them, depending on what the personnel is. Brian, I didn't know it was National Signing Day yesterday. You've added to your roster at IrishBreakdown.com. Yes, very excited about that. You know, so we we added Mike Hutton, who is a longtime sports writer in the Northwest Indiana area. He was at the uh, the Post Gazette for Northwest Indiana for a long time. He's in the the Sportscasters and Sports Writers Hall of Fame. So I'm very excited about that. We also added a Notre Dame student, Grant Del Vecchio, to our team, who both are going to help us with the day to day beat coverage. Very excited about that. And you know, Darren, it's going to allow me. I've been I've been kind of wearing every hat the last couple of years as we <laughs> launched Irish Breakdown and, and really started to build this up. But you know, I'm, I'm so appreciative to the fans and the supporters and the readers who have who have really been with us as we've grown this that have put us in position where I can make these kind of hires, and then now I can start getting back to what what I think I do best, which is you know a deeper dive, the X's and O's, the analysis, the film breakdowns, and we can hire people who are actually trained journalists to cover the team on more of a day-to-day basis. And so I'm excited about it. It's it's always looking to build your team and then build your team with professionals and people with a lot of potential like Grant has and who I, you know, he really blew me away in the process. And I'm like, he represented Notre Dame students extremely well when I went through that process. So I'm very excited about that and very excited about growing my team. And, you know, maybe now I can actually start going to bed before three o'clock in the morning because <laughs> I have some people helping me put articles together. So thank you for bringing that up. But I'm, I'm you know, literally was able to add a Hall of Famer to my team. And so uh, I'm very, very excited about that. The latest in Notre Dame football coverage with Brian and his crew at irishbreakdown.com. Please check them out. Brian, thanks so much for the conversation. We're inching closer to the start of the season, and I look forward to our conversation next week. Thank you for having me on. You bet. Brian Driscoll, the publisher of irishbreakdown.com. That's irishbreakdown.com.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.